Hello and welcome to Authentic You. We're happy to be back with you all. This is CJ Liebscher and I'm here with my faithful co-host, Erica Myberg. And we have a special podcast today. We brought on two young adults to help us because we need help is what we've decided after our last podcast. Yes, we totally bagged on our kids and who doesn't listen to this and we decided let's bring them on here and ask them questions and let them tell us things. I did preface, we we didn't truly bag on them the way some people would describe bagging. We just complained a little bit about sure. our, our young adult <laughs> sure. kids being in our home still. Mm. Anyway, let's introduce them. So we have here my middle bag, uh, I mean my middle daughter. She does that every time, guys. <laughs> Chloe is my middle daughter. She is going to be 22. Oh, you got it right. I got that right. <laughs> I saw her head spinning on she that, was like, guys. Do you want to say hi? Um, my name's Chloe. I am 22. Erica is my trusty mom. <laughs> um, I work in the school. We have a school of leadership, and I'm actually the operations and admissions manager. So it feels like a huge title, but it's not... Not that big, but anyways, it's a it is job. pretty big. It I mean, is, don't yeah. take away. I think like when I when I really I'm just like yeah, I'm the operations and admissions manager of the Jesus Culture School of Leadership. Everyone's you, like, what? You do get here really early in the morning, and that I do. and that counts. And that's important. a big job. Yeah, it makes you important. Yeah. I also will say, Chloe, out of all of Erica's kids, gets talked about the least on here, and I told her it's because she's the most perfect. That is, uh, that's good. That's yes. Good. Yep. That is true. I'm a words person, so I'm yes. really taking that to heart. Yes. And Chloe is one of my favorites because you always somehow make me laugh. And, oh my gosh, I was deeply worried. Just a little insight into my friendship with Erica. When Chloe went to YWAM, I actually had <laughs> my own personal anxiety because there is nobody that makes Erica laugh like Chloe, even if Erica's annoyed at what she's doing. Like she can be like, Chloe, stop it, like annoyed. And then mm -hmm. in two seconds later, she's giggling and almost peeing herself. So yes. I was deeply worried. Like, how is she going to be without this? I know. It was a quiet six months. <laughs> I knew it. But also, basically, just so that you guys know, the two of us have already basically fought five minutes before <laughs> this, this podcast. And we didn't record it, but we've already had a go at it. So. Yeah. But then I'm happily here in the middle going, it's all right. It's all right. It's going to be okay. <laughs> okay. And who's our second guest? All right. And we have Emma Plune here with us. Hey. Emma is our middle school pastor. Yeah. And she's famous on, on Jesus Culture TV. Wow. Oh, wow. yeah. Famous. She's our rise and, sign, <laughs> rise and shine or sign. Either one. Yeah. Rise and shine has mainly taken over my job. Yes. Well, you're good at it. Explain Thank what you. that is to those who don't know. It's our it's. video announcements. I actually started it when I was an intern. Oh, right. For just our youth Instagram. It was like, hey, our... our Kids don't watch our videos. What if we did something really embarrassing? You know, just really let let loose um, and humbling enough. Banning wanted to Banning pick it loved up it. and <laughs> put it in front of the whole church. So that was. We, it's yeah. the awesome. best part of church it when is. it's on. We adore it. It's Erica so and fun. I will run in because <laughs> like, for second service. Yes. 
when yeah. I'm busy, if I'm meeting with somebody, Erica will come be like, oh, CJ Rise and Shine. We've already seen it once. <laughs> yeah. But here we come. So yeah. um, how old are you? I'm 23. And where are you from? I'm from Louisiana. Yes. Oh. You got to really, there's a twang there. You got to put it. the twang back in it. Yeah. Yes. No, Emma is a strong personality. So mm-hmm. we like yeah. having Emma on here because Chloe's strong, but she's a different personality. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is a good mix of the two to yeah. hear how we can be more awesome to the young adults mm-hmm. in our life. And, and we're just here to, we're fixing it all. Yes. yes. Chloe, yeah. you and me. Yes. We're tackling, it all. yeah, we're tackling it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do it. How did you get here? You're all the way from Louisiana. You're young. How did you find your way to us? So I did a ministry school fresh out of high school back in Louisiana. Um, and then after two years, just interesting, like felt the Lord was transitioning me out with no clue where I was going. And then two weeks before the first year of the Jesus Culture School of Leadership in 2019, my mom sent me the application and was like, have you even looked at this? And I was like, well, it starts in a month, so I'll do it. Got my application accepted two weeks before and had to drive out within like a week and a half. Did you drive out by yourself? I said drove because a man, a random man was hired to drive my car. Stop. Oh, no. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we flew. My mom, I said I wouldn't quote my mom. I'll quote her on this. She said, our relationship might not survive the three-day car trip. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so instead, we flew out. And you're still friends still this oh, yes, day. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I think that was her wisdom, you know. Yes. Um, she, and who was the random man that was hired to drive he was car? The, he was the former mayor of the town no. next to us that my grandmother knew, apparently. Um, this is like a it's just TV small show. Ta- it's just southern things. You and get. they're like, you know what? <laughs> Twenty like, bucks and I'll drive out. If you if we trust you with our city, we'll trust you with our car, our Camry. So right. no. <laughs> I don't know if that out. works in California. <laughs> that def- no. Well, um, that doesn't work for the Mybirds. No, <laughs> no, I hardly trust this middle daughter of mine with my car. Um, so disclaimer: before we go on, does your mom listen to the podcast? Um, she probably will if she because sees she's, my name yes. on it. So yeah. you she's very supportive. My parents watch are very supportive. Today. Mm-hmm. Her parents yeah, yeah. are and very Chloe, supportive. Yeah. Chloe, you gotta watch and it today. And my mom listens to this podcast as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't even get cuts though. Your mom's listening to the live. Yeah, I know. So she's here she for knows the, it all. For the raw, the mm. rawness of the of what I'm going to say today. It's so. beautiful. <laughs> okay, so I have actually have many questions for you guys. Oh, no. And you guys, we asked them to um, anything that they want to ask us. Um, Chloe, typical middle child, came prepared. She's got notes in front of her. My Emma, typical no baby, notes. was yeah. late. She's got no <laughs> notes in front of her. So. You're we such just, a youngest kid. <laughs> we're going to flow through this. But Chloe, you, both of you actually can answer this. Mm. I, you guys are young, obviously. You are in ministry because that's what you do when you're working here with us. And um, we are obviously immensely proud of both of you. But I want to talk a little bit about being so young and when you met the Lord and how you maintain like your relationship with the Lord at such a young age where there's a ton of your friends that are out who knows where, probably at college, having the time of their lives, it seems like. And you guys are pretty focused, carry a lot of responsibility in our environment. And just how do you, how do, you do it? If you could give one piece of advice 
to somebody your age. And you're young because, you know, CJ and I talk and we're like, oh my gosh, I've been saved for 30 years. Mm. Let me tell you. And you guys have like how many years and what would you tell a 22-year-old as encouragement in their walk with the Lord? So I I kind of lived the way I wanted to throughout my <laughs> high school years. Like CJ mentioned, I'm a strong personality. I have a very rebellious edge to me. And so that came out pretty young. I was raised in the church, um, but I think growing up, I saw it a lot as just not vision for my life as far as what the Lord says, like how to live your life, all those kinds of things. The discipleship didn't never really pitched vision to me. It felt like a box mm. um, because I was just missing that personal connection. And so for a few years, just really running. I was telling someone the other day, looking back, I'm like, man, every decision I made was so based on people's perception of me. I was so worried about mm. what people would think about me. When I was making rebellious decisions, I was worried people wouldn't think I was rebellious enough. You know, just like everything <laughs> was based off of what are people thinking of me? Because I just didn't have the connection and I didn't have the vision of, man, what does the Lord think of me? Right. Um, and the, the identity. I was lacking so much identity found in Him. And when I was about 16, 17 that year, everything just kind of really came to a head. And I had met some people, you know, some youth leaders. And I was like, man, I, I see that they they have something I've been missing. Mm. Like there's part of me that's been, I would dip in and out, you know, I'd be like, oh, I'll get my life together. I called it my summer salvation. <laughs> Every summer I'd go to camp and I'd be like, I got it this year and just slowly drift <laughs> off. It's like, is it going to stick? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And I met some people who had some pretty radical stories and I was like, man, they're missing something that I'm like, I'm missing something and they have it and I, I can't figure it out. And so I had this one year where I was just really, really trying, like really trying my best, had some beautiful moments with the Lord, but was still just missing that, that depth. And unfortunately watched my youth pastor make a pretty big mess, um, pretty heartbreaking for me. He was very, very close to me. And it was a really sobering moment where I saw this is what it looks like to live unsurrendered. Mm. You can mm. fake it. Like that was what was kind of jarring for me is I was like, oh, he was faking it. Wow. He was mm. living unsurrendered and I bought into it. A mm. lot of people did. And I thought I was like, I have the capability to fake it. I could trick some people. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty convincing. But the pain it caused and the consequences of that, not just his own life, but everyone it affected was super sobering to me. And I remember thinking, I'm, I'm going to be all in or all out. Like it was just this pivotal moment for me. And I actually sat for a few days trying to figure out if I was going to be in or out, right, but I just right. knew I was going to be one of, one of two. Yeah. And I remember opening my Bible so funny being in church my whole life still didn't know where to start because mm -hmm. it was so based on other people. Even my, mm -hmm. even my walk with the Lord up until that point was so based on what other people thought. And I remember just flipping to like the back of like the word search. And I just looked up grief because that's all mm. I could feel as I was like, I just feel grief and I have to know what the Lord says about it. And that just, that was the moment where I was like, I'm going to be all in. I, wow. I want to know what the Lord says about this. I want to know what he says about me up until this point people have not been able to get me. No, nothing someone has said, nothing yeah. someone has done for me has made a lasting impact. I, I, need, I need that relationship with God. And so 
Um, that kind of led me into this few month period. At that point, I was out of school. I was doing online school, and so I had the flexibility of time. And for months, I had this babysitting job. They would go to sleep for like three hours, and I would just be with the Lord for three hours yeah. every day. And that was, I mean, thankfully, that was like still the foundation that I think I built a lot of things on of just like I had to get alone with him. I was so... So you keep doing that yes. to this day. Yeah. And you continue to foster that mm-hmm. of the surrender. Yeah. That's really good, Emma. I feel like I could really touch on that identity piece too. Like uh, identity and where I find it is so intertwined in like my story. Because I, um, I grew up in a Christian home. Like my mom... And my dad, they really went after the Lord in their university years, and they really knew the importance of creating this strong foundation for their kids. A lot of it felt like my parents' story, and I could sit back and kind of just be a Christian through my parents, if that makes sense. Like, my parents love the Lord, and therefore I love the Lord. That's Um, good. They read the Bible, so therefore they're reading it for me. Like essentially like it was not, I didn't view it as my own thing. I was like, God is this distant character in my life that I don't Mm. need to know because my parents do. Mm -hmm. And I like, I'll follow the rules and I'll be a Christian, but I don't know. Like I had no idea what else there was. So, and a lot of it, like um, not knowing who I was manifested in a lot of deep rooted insecurities, like about my physical body, about my personality, just a, didn't know, I didn't know what the Lord was saying about me. And my parents could tell me that I'm gorgeous or the Lord loves me. And, but I didn't believe it. Like I didn't want to believe it in a sense. Like, and it got to a point where like sophomore year of high school, every morning I looked at myself, told myself I was unworthy, that I wasn't going to follow the Lord because I, he wasn't providing for me, like any of this. So it got to a point sophomore year of high school where my parents actually, they just pulled me out. They pulled me out of high school. And looking back, that was a pivotal moment for me. I was like 15, 16, kind of when Emma had that pivoting moment too. But um, 15, 16, got pulled out of high school and I did independent study. And in that season of being alone at my house, it was there when the Lord just met me and I started to actually like, I wanted to grow. I um, had this deep rooted desire to actually pursue the Lord. I had no idea how he was going to change my life, but I just knew that something had to change. Like I didn't want to just be a Sunday Christian anymore. I didn't want to act like a victim anymore. I didn't want to hate my body or myself anymore. Like, so I just, the Lord started meeting me. I was just thinking, oh, us as parents, we are so hard on ourselves, you know, Mm. but you get to trust as a parent, you get to trust God. I mean, parents trust God in the process because our side of that whole thing was so like, you know, we felt from the Lord we need to do something here mm. because I, you know, Chloe was having a hard time. I was like, why do we leave such a big decision in there, in her hands about school? Should I, should I do independent studies? Should I just push through where they can't even decide what they want to wear in the morning? Yeah. So I'm like, why would, if they can't decide black or white, why do I as a parent put this heavy, heavy decision mm-hmm. in their hand? And yeah. But it's hard because... 
everything out there. It's yeah. pressure. But mm-hmm. so so we just took heart and we thought, well, we're going to do it and she can be mad at yeah. us. You know? And, and I was. I totally was. Yes. <laughs> and so we went through that emotions, but we stuck with it and we absolutely look back and the woman, the young woman that came out of that mm. time, I, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. I never yeah. thought she is so... Um, confident that yeah. there's this confident <laughs> yeah. young woman living in our house that you know she's independent like all of those things just came to the forefront yeah. after that but it was hard yeah. for us making that decision because you didn't like it and there were all these fears and a year later it was a complete different yeah. person a complete different situation and we look back and we're like oh my gosh that was one of those good decisions <laughs> yes yeah we made and we you know so for parents just trust your journey with the lord yeah. as a parent yeah. Yeah. i would actually yeah. say after listening to both these stories so mm-hmm. far it's parents to kids zero because oh my gosh. <laughs> you made that decision hey i followed with it didn't i <laughs> and emma's mom made the decision yeah. to fly and not drive so therefore mm. it's 2 to 0 yeah. guys what a man drive your car yeah. oh my gosh but, we are winning <laughs> yes we're winning wow um, we're here to encourage you guys um i i have a question i want to ask both of you yeah. in that season I mean, I was around watching Chloe's Mm -hmm. journey and you absolutely don't know what to do. And as a kid, I remember thinking, how does my mom not see my pain? Yeah. And why is she not here for me? And then being on the other side of it, you're like, I have no idea what's going on inside of you. And all I see is a really crappy attitude and a rude teenager, you know? And so you're like trying to decipher. So now that you're through it, what was the helpful things you heard? Like what were the helpful things yes, in that season yeah. that either other adults brought you? Um, it doesn't have to be your parents. That just that you can point to and go, oh, you know what? This was a really helpful thing for me. <clears throat> I think for me it was, um, I mean, there are multiple things. Like my mom pushed me on other people in her life and in my life. Like she pushed me on you and me and you used to get fries in a parking oh, that's lot. Right. And like... Um, fries back then were a trigger for me because I felt so fat in who I was. But anyways. Fries are would, good. Yeah. No, you taught me fries are good. So I love them it's today. It's therapeutic. But, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you almost, mom, like you almost recognized there was something that you couldn't teach mm-hmm. me in that season. So you made sure that I was getting connection with other leaders. And CJ, I'm lucky enough to have you in my life and you were a leader in that. And then also just some. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've blocked out that season. No. Like, oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm remembering more things about the season as we're talking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I did that. Like, yeah. yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. Um, another thing for me was um, repetition. Like repetition for you as a mom, I'm sure feels like you don't want to keep repeating yourself and it's not getting anywhere. But actually a lot of the things that I'm teaching to my youth students now and my young girls are things that you guys have just repeated to me over and over that Chloe, um, your identity is not found in your body and what other people say about it, um, about you or your personality. It's found in the Lord. And then things like that, that I actually had to take away and explore for myself, but still you repeated it to me over and over again. Um, I think just giving me grace to feel the emotions that I was feeling no matter how scary they were, like my mom and I, we've, we've talked about it, about how scared you were for me in yes. that season. Mm-hmm. And, but you still, you let me feel it. You let me feel all the big emotions that I was feeling, but you still, 
You pointed me back to the truth even when I didn't want to hear it. How did she let you feel it? What does that look like? I would say for me, I had a lot of those big conversations, a lot of big blow-ups. And being extreme, my internal world would definitely come out in my vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Like, it was extreme. It was Mm -hmm. intense. And I think... There's not a lot of verbiage. It's funny how I feel like Chloe and I are a little different. She remembers like sayings. I just remember moments. I just remember people Mm -hmm. sitting with me in it. Yeah. Like I don't remember exactly what I'm saying. I'm sure it was crazy. Wonderful. (laughs) I'm sure sure I was putting them through it. (laughs) Um, And I just remember whether it was my parents. um, They actually gave me a lot of similar. they, They kind of let me branch out and they recognized the place of other adults and young adults in my life. Personally, I had a couple of um, college aged girls, probably like four or five years older than me, but they both had pretty radical stories coming out Mm. of college and like that party season. Yeah. And just being able to talk to them. I was like, how Mm. do you do it? Like, how do you just walk away from everything you've Mm. done all of the messes you've made, all of the reputations you've built, all of the names you've been called. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you just change your life like that? And I remember one phrase she said, she was just, there was just an encounter I had with the Lord. I felt called to ministry. Thought it was the dumbest thing the Lord had ever done. (laughs) (laughs) It was at my messiest. It was so confusing but I felt literally pushed out of my seat and I was sitting there and I'm like, I've been making the biggest mess this whole camp. Like I was the one that they put in that group because they were like, <laughs> keep an eye on her. She might run. <laughs> like, and I was like, what am I doing standing up? And everyone around me is crying. They think it's beautiful and spiritual. And I'm literally like, Lord, what are you doing? Like, yeah. And I remember sitting back there and I just put my head in my hands. I was like, I have no idea what to do now. People think I've changed. I don't know what to do. And I just remember one of them sitting down and I hadn't said anything, but she just goes, here's what you do now. You just hold on to this. You know that mm-hmm. the Lord has called you for yeah. more and you know he's with you in wow. it. And I just, I held that. But I think going back to the question of feeling that after that moment, there were so many like mistakes I made, yeah. fumbling, you know, fumbling around, tripping. And there was a time I just like, I had a, re- I made a really stupid decision. I walk in the door my dad can just see it on me. He's like, what, what is wrong with you? And I just blurt out like all the dumb things I did. <laughs> and he goes, just go take a nap. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I think the fact that my parents would let me express that and other adults as well, just said, let me express it, but keep the conversation going. Yeah. It's like, we don't have to come to a resolve right now. We yeah. don't have to um, fix this, but you know, sit, sit with it, sit with the consequences, sit with the heaviness, but we're in it with you. And then we're just going to keep talking about it. Yeah. You know, tomorrow we'll bring it. How are you feeling today? Probably less traumatic (laughs) was the answer. Every time I probably felt a little less traumatic. Yeah. And probably a little easier to talk to. But I just remember everything felt like an ongoing conversation, which was helpful. That's good. I'm an emotional person, so I've always had a little bit more grace for my kids' blow-ups. I don't know if how you were with that stuff, Erica, but... Well, I had... We have Emma. Oh, me and Chloe are that's literally. Our, the, the other it's one. my younger. Yes, it's sibling. my youngest one. Who God um, definitely gave us for me mm-hmm. to make me a better person <laughs> because she literally blew up from the moment she was born, and you know he taught me a lot about 
me and him and all the things, but she is a total explosive personality. So, I yeah. mean, I have a grace for, you know, you walked with me through yes, yes. getting her to where she is today. Today, she's she's almost 19 years old. She's a, she, is a, she is 19. Months. Oh, that's great. She's going to be 20 I'm sorry. in July. I'm sorry, Emma. Ooh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> fail, fail. It's okay. Anyway, I don't think so she's, I love her journey. But um, they, we had the years where the explosions were every three times, five times a day. And I, um, I, I had grace for it, but I had a limit. Mm-hmm. And so um, it wasn't a free for all because to me and what we t- were trying to, the biggest thing that I was trying to teach my kids were like the emotions are totally fine but in the end, you are in control of it. And mm-hmm. I want you as a young person and a young adult to actually learn what it means to be in control of yourself because, yeah. uh, because God made us this way to actually have control over it. So they, this kid had to learn it from an early age. So I would let her have a fit but put a time limit on it. We realize that, oh, if I send her to her room and she's throwing a fit, she is throwing such a fit that I'm pretty sure the neighbors are all hearing yeah. us. So I realized, oh, I can't just, that's too broad. So I have to go tell her, you have one minute to go for it. <laughs> and, but, and then she does. Oh, she I remember. screamed a little head off. And then after a minute... It was done, and if she didn't want to, we went through a stage where Renier would just quietly go and take her door off. The hinges, and uh, (laughs) like behind a closed door, she would have all this. So we, it was a lot of trial and error, trying to figure out how not to control her, but to give her freedom and also teach her how to control herself. And And that means there's a limit. You cannot go on like a crazy person behind a closed door because it affects the rest of the house still. Everybody can hear. Because I'm emotional, my kids say things. So I didn't have kids that would just lose their mind screaming as much. But I I had my middle loved to say hurtful things. But for me, for the most part, I could be like, yeah, you don't mean that in my head. If it's hurtful, but I could kind of separate from it. But I, what's been interesting for me is watching my son, who is not that way, and he still remembers things she said in those moments yeah. of like rage and hurt and brings them like, I would never have said I hate you. You know, and I'm like, oh, and, and I think Banning's built that way too, where I'm like, I could look at her and go, that's really hurtful, but I also know you don't mean it. It is a different thing to, as you're, your kids grow older and you you two are absolutely, well, you're beyond that now, but it's a very interesting thing as a parent at, at some point somewhere in high school, I would probably say, you become aware of the fact that your children can hurt you. Yes. They... Like, because they're not yelling something at you anymore, like a five-year-old, which I have a lot of grace for. But a 16-year-old that says something pointed, I was kind of surprised by, okay, that really hurt me. And if you were a friend or something, I would have totally put distance between us. I would have had to go away and deal. And and so, but there's still grace because Mm -hmm. it's our children, but it does, like, there's some wounds there. And to not as a parent... Like, I think we have to deal with it. Oh, Like, yeah. in the sense of, like, you, it's valid. Mm-hmm. 
the the wind, wounding of a kid it is a valid thing for for me to have to walk through and get healing and i i had it you know chloe will i don't know if she remembers but there were just moments where you know they hurt you and then they want the next moment just to go on like nothing happened yes, and yes. i've had to tell them you need to give me a little bit of time i need to go away oh yes and i need to be get okay because i'm genuinely my feelings are pretty hurt right now and just oh, give me a yes. moment and I forgive and I love you and nobody's going anywhere but oh I need oh, to go yes. recover I just was it was an interesting thing for me to watch because as parents like there's a grace I have understanding for the the words and needing to just uh, and then regret it say sorry own it all that stuff that banning is a different personality so he's not one that's just gonna yell it out there and say something he regrets like that. So he had a deeper hurt with those words, which is valid. And he had to work through it. But um, for me to, so it was like this interesting balance with parents of like learning for me how to validate that in him. Like, like I'm sorry that our daughter screamed that at you, that you're the worst father in the world. <laughs> that was fun. But also to understand there's other things that hurt me, but I could look at her and go, I just could come to her with a little bit less of a, an emotional reaction because I was like, hey, that that was lame that you said that. That was really hurtful. But yeah. I wasn't yeah. deeply hurt by it. I was going to ask, like, in those moments, would you all go back and kind of have that conversation of, hey, that was hurtful when you were saying you would say kind Most of what of you would time, need? Most of the time, yes. Yeah. Yes, because we are... Um, I, I don't know you probably, but I, I grew up with uh, parents that knew absolutely nothing that went on in my life, but they also they, they, I didn't share and they didn't ask. So they were completely absent from my life. So, you know, we have set on this path that that's not what I dream about when I think about my children. That's not what I want. And so we we built and started building early on on communication, on going back and talking and sometimes go better than others. Yes. <laughs> um, it's not all awesome. It's and never like the stupid miniseries TV shows no. like on Disney where you go back <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry. And they're like, I love you, mom. Yes. And then it's all better. In 20 minutes. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I want to uh, move on to the next part because I'm. we realized, shocker, that we as parents still have to grow and that we are continuing to grow. And as you guys grow, our role in you, you guys' lives change and it's catching me off guard and having to learn and fight through it, basically, with all, all my children in a different way, basically. Um, so what I want to know from you guys is, what do you think, when you think about your parents right now, and maybe even other adults. It's a little bit weird when I say other adults because you guys both work here, so there are yeah. other adults, leaders in your lives. So but maybe, basically us. Maybe yeah. it is. A, yeah, it is. When I think about you. I know. <laughs> I know. When you think about us as parents and other and your adults. leaders. Um, what do you think you need right now from us? We understand that it's less um, than it was before and different, but I would we, we really want to learn and grow and want to hear from you. I don't know. When I was thinking about it this morning, I think it all kind of comes down to, I feel like I need grace in this season. And 
almost like I don't want to say space, but almost like a little space. Um, I'm realizing a lot more that um, when I come to you guys with scenarios that's happening in my life today, it's completely different than what you guys walked through at, you, mm-hmm. you, at my age. Mm-hmm. Like um, I wrote down like we're just trying to figure out the world, like the world that we are living in and how different it is. And we're also trying to figure out ourselves. And it feels like just really hard. And there's this tension there of I need to have it figured out right now because mm. my parents almost did. Or Would you like me wrong. to help you move out? Oh my Is that enough space? <laughs> <laughs> I mean emotional space. I almost called you Erica, but not on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean with um, the emotional space? I think when I come to you with like, for instance, like dating has been this thing that I don't necessarily process with you because like it was. I wish you could see Erica's face. (laughs) She's slowly dying. You never dated dad. You like you dated, but you never dated dad. And that was true. And like, so it's like your experience was different. Dating looked different when you were 21. So like, it's like kind of that. And I feel like it's something that you... You and I both have a desire to process with each other, but then, yeah, maybe I'm, I think I'm just outwardly processing as we're talking. Like, No, it's good. Yeah, um, this is good. I almost need the space to figure out what I need from you in mm-hmm. that and the grace to not, I mean, like, I have no idea actually. And that are you, do you need to know it's okay that your journey looks different than her journey? I think I do. It's, it's hard being 21 and like, you also, CJ, you were you and Banning were married early. They dated more than... So you can ask CJ questions because they totally dated a lot. Yes. We dated a lot. We <laughs> did date, but you were also pregnant very young. Yes. They dated a Erica's lot of people. <laughs> they dated more than dating not at all, yeah. which is something... Uh, we dated a I lot, I don't think it's right? hard to date more than not at all. No. <laughs> um, Most people do. But um, yes, by your age, I was married and pregnant. Yeah. So that's... Really different. You're not married or pregnant. Correct. So I'm not. Um, Oh, good. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think I had a thought that just kind of. That's okay. No, that's really good. Um, You also, for those of you guys, a lot of you know me and Erica because we share way a lot of ourselves. mm -hmm. But I think this is one thing that's good to know. Erica is a strong mom. Like that is who she is. And there's a lot of other strong moms. Emma's going to be a strong mom. <laughs> and that's not a... Heck yeah, you are. Yeah. That's not a <laughs> negative, you right. know? And so, but giving the fact that Chloe would feel safe enough at 21 on a podcast to say, hey, mom... Back off, That mom. I've never said <laughs> no. one. But no, what you said was you actually have a desire to talk about dating, but yeah. you're trying to figure out what it is you need from her. And yeah. I'm like, I have a really gentle mom. And I wouldn't have had the guts to do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that's something beautiful from what you've established, even if it hasn't Mm -hmm. been perfect. I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, that's really good, Chloe. You tell (laughs) And I, of course, feel as auntie, like, you tell me what you need, all right? (laughs) Yeah, whatever you want. (laughs) Anyway, Emma, Yeah, I would say I definitely have noticed just the exchange between me and... I'll say like parental figures, Mm -hmm. whether it's my parents or spiritual parents, just that exchange changing. One for me, having more curiosity. I think there's a lot of things about my parents past or 
that I, I want to hear. And I think I have more of a palate for, I have more of a life experience mm-hmm. to hear a little bit more of the raw journey. Yeah. My parents both have really beautiful stories and, um, first generation Christians. Mm. Um, and even when I was back home, like just getting to actually hear more about their journey as like young marrieds who got mm. saved like two years wow. after being married, had a little, my sister's four years older than me, had her and just this really interesting process that they never hid from me. Like they were honest about right. it. But I think now there's there's details and there's vulnerability in those stories that I yes. need more. Mm. Um, and to think I'm like, oh my gosh, my mom was 24 when she had my sister. And it was just a, it was a really crazy journey for her. It was super pivotal, but, and I've known about it, you know, but I'm like, man, getting to hear the details of that as 23 year old Mm. and just having this exchange with my mom and the vulnerability she's brave enough to like share with me while also like me having just a different, just a widely different perspective on it now. Yeah. And then I think in the same way as Chloe was sharing, I was thinking, it's funny, Chloe was like, I was writing about this last night. I'm like, as I'm sitting in this chair thinking about it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm a preparer by nature. (laughs) And that's that's why I love that I'm in this with you. Um, I would say, you know, I'm thinking about conversations and I think while there's obviously a wisdom that I come to to people for and I need and I know I need that. I know that's kind of what the understanding is. I've, I think I'm realizing like, man, I do think there's an affirmation mm. that I haven't been able to ask for mm. as we're navigating this world. Mm. And like, yeah, just a different culture and, yeah. and almost just like a, a mutual respect. Like as I'm hearing stories that I'm like, man, like the respect I have for, for everyone's different journey. Mm. And my desire is that I'm also like that you have a respect for me. Yeah. Yeah. And and my process and what I, what's in front of me and how I'm facing that head on. That's really good. Cause I, I would not think that way and not, and I, not because I would think like, uh, your story is dumb. (laughs) It's not like I would think negative, but I just wouldn't think that you need to be well, validated in yeah. it. And but it I mean, is, it is, especially in our church as young adults, there is so much value. And mm. me and Chloe being so, even just so wrapped up in the school yeah. that we have, like there's such a value for growth as yeah. young adults. And mm. it's like, we want to grow, we want to grow, help us grow. Where do we grow? But I'm like realizing, I'm like, man, but there's also this like affirmation piece or this, yeah. like we see you moving towards this. Because I think that was even one of the questions mm. I had is I'm like, Sometimes I feel so overwhelmed with, man, I can grow in this. You're in conferences. You're like, I need to brush up on my theology. Yeah. I need, and it's like, of course, because you're, you're comparing yeah. where you're at with yeah. people 30 years ahead mm. of you. And so I do think there is maybe just like a, a conversation I want to start to have more of pausing and saying, hey, like, how do you think I'm, I'm handling the things in front of me. That's really good. This is so good with you here because you, well, we are way more alike. And then I have 
my youngest Emma that yeah. is coincidentally also Emma. <laughs> Comes with yeah. name. So, yeah, I'm starting to learn that. She's so like you too because that's last that's week what you she told about. you. Yeah, that yeah. was her mm-hmm. thing. When I asked her what can we do better, yeah. she's like, "You can tell me more yeah. that I'm doing a good job because I am trying so yeah. hard, and it's so good to hear." And it was also a surprise mm-hmm. to me. But I really want to touch quickly on something you said, which I feel like goes both ways. It's it's actually so tender because you're that kid who is asking your parents and they are sharing with you mm-hmm. about when they were young. I have parents that I know nothing about yeah. and and still to this day and we just don't have a relationship for mm. me to push in and yeah. it shaped me in a cert- to be a certain parent mm-hmm. and where I'm way more intentional with you guys, with my kids, because I'm like, there's, there's a lot of loneliness sometimes growing up without, I don't mm. have a backstory. Yeah. I don't know what grandma did. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she suffered through and what yeah. she had a hard time with because she didn't share mm-hmm. any life stories mm-hmm. with us when we were kids. So I have no context for her pain and hurt and what she had overcome. And then, you know, we picked up our kids and moved halfway around the world to forge our own story and... So I do feel very protective. I Mm. do feel strongly Mm -hmm. about many, many things. I do feel, but it's kind of a hole in me that you bring to the Lord. And the Lord Mm. satisfies that part of my heart, but it would have been, I would have loved to know, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, you're a good kid for pursuing and asking. And I love that your parents are sharing. And I want to encourage parents, tell your stories. Mm -hmm. Your kids, they like I know mine, they ask us things and um, it just, it's such the history is so much part of my future. Mm. Our history is so much a part of their future. And if they want to know, answer them, tell your stories, mm. you know, because that, that's just, it, that's hard to fabricate as you yeah. go, as I grow older and I'm like, I still, and I'm so moved for things yeah. that my parents go through, but I don't really have... Yeah. The details, I just have these feelings, but I would have loved mm-hmm. to know. Anyway, that's just a I, side thing. I think it's, I totally agree. I, my, I'm close with my parents and my parents have shared a lot with me, but I do think their generation, my parents and your generation, yeah. they aren't naturally ones to share mm-hmm. their hardship. And I don't know if part of it is, at least for my parents, their parents' lives were so hard that they kind of were like, we're great, we're great, we're great. When I got engaged, I called my mom so excited. And then I was like, mom, how did dad ask you to marry him? You know, and then she tells the story. And I was like, I'm so sorry, mom. (laughs) Like, like, but it was just something like she had never shared to be, and it wasn't like horrible or anything. Basically, my grandpa looked at my dad and said, so when are you going to marry that one? And that was their engagement. All so, of us just audibly gasped. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and it was just one of those, like, and my mom was like, fine. It's yeah. not like she was like, jerk. Mm. But I'm like, oh, it was just never yeah. shared before, though, yeah. until I asked directly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I ever would have known, yeah. but it does help you understand your parents a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Like I would it say gives you a little insight. I would say it's definitely something that's shifted drastically since I've been a young adult. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
I remember growing up and I just like, I'm like, I don't know that much about my mom. Mm. My dad's a very tender soul. He shares a lot. And so he would, he would talk to me about my mom when she was younger. And, and I think that was also like my parents share a lot just about the shift they had in parenting when Mm. we were in high school and just coming in more with a connection, connection as the, as the goal. And so it's something my mom has like really, really grown in and valued a lot more recently. Mm. And, and the, I say recently in the past few years. And so just, and also being so far away from them, like when I'm home, I'm like, oh man, like this cure, there's also a fresh curiosity. That's so good. I think there's a lot of, as young adults, I think that's something that we can really kind of have a fresh perspective on is it's, it's easy to not value what's been in front of you yeah. your whole life <laughs> and your true. parents' mm-hmm. stories being mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. of much value to you. Yeah. Um, and so it's definitely stretched me recently to think, wow, I'm so eager to learn and grow from these other parents in my environment. And yet the resource that the Lord's given me naturally, I'm a little more hesitant to go to. And so it's been something that's been really beautiful the last couple of years. I love that, Emma. Yeah. Yeah. And almost like, I think as you were talking, I just realized it just kind of helps. Like when I started asking questions about like the big move from South Africa, I actually had a lot of anger towards it because I'm I'm probably the kid that was feels most affected by not knowing my grandparents mm-hmm. and knowing that family. But then once I started to ask questions of like, okay, actually, mom, for you and dad, how did it look? What mm-hmm. what were you mm-hmm. feeling? Like and when you told me like, well America, we felt like we're giving you kids a better future here. Mm-hmm. Like already um not to bash on South Africa, but you just felt like there's gonna be a better future here. And um knowing that part of it, like, yeah, kind of like what Emma said, you're a resource that um, I never really looked up and saw until I started asking questions and mm-hmm. actually um, just, I get to see you as a person almost. Like you're no yeah. longer oh, just totally. my mom. Yes. yes. Totally. You're actually like, oh, okay, was, like you don't huge... just feed me. <laughs> you crazy. don't just buy me clothes. It's or a crazy day there. when you realize like, your mom's a human. A like, oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> Or when oh, you, it's Erica. <laughs> your view of it was only your kid view of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I was mad at my mom. Mom, I'm very sorry if you listen to this. <laughs> sorry, just um, uh, I was mad. I felt like she was emotionally unavailable yeah. to me from the time my parents got a divorce. I just mm-hmm. felt abandoned mm-hmm. as a, but as a kid, you know, mm-hmm. and then I turned 30. And I was raising my kids and I started in this anxiety hellhole and I went, oh, I wonder if my mom was trying her best through a really hard season. And maybe it wasn't that she chose to be emotionally unavailable to me. Yeah. Weird. (laughs) You know, it was like just a shift of like, Hmm. oh, my mom is a person and she walked through hard things and didn't respond perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. And And then I almost like kind of learned how to okay, how do I give my parents grace? Like you touched on it earlier Mm -hmm. of like, we're learning now as I'm getting older and you have young adult kids, we're learning how to actually be friends in a sense. Like Mm -hmm. you're still my mom, but Mm -hmm. we're actually like, me and you especially out of all the kids, I think we've had to fight for our relationship. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was like Emma said, I had to become curious to, okay, what are you feeling when I'm telling you that I hate mm-hmm. you. Like, <laughs> yeah, my had blown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> okay, great. I she has al- feelings on the other side of this. Yeah. <laughs> so. I would also touch on the culture where young mm-hmm. adults in valuing so much inner healing 
to the point where a lot of young adults are becoming victim to their parents' mm. humanity <laughs> mm. and not moving towards having mm. grace for parents yeah. in difficult situations yeah. or in a growth process of their yeah. own. I think that's something I realized I had to be very careful not to lean into having really amazing parents. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I can only imagine, you know, the young adults who did have really significant um, hurt in their childhood, you know, there is just such a culture right now. And so I think that is something that's kind of a little bit of a gap between young adults and parents in yeah. this generation mm -hmm. specifically is there's been so much validation versus like, you know, um, talking about just generations in the past and mm -hmm. what they've gone through and just kind of their stuffing. There's been so much of, mm -hmm. no, go on your inner healing journey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Heal your inner child. Like there's TikToks telling you you're broken. Like mm. <laughs> go take a nap. You deserve oh it. My you know, gosh. like there is so much of yeah. that. And I think there does need to be a little bit of a kick in the pants for the young adults <laughs> as they are processing to say, you know, your, your parents are doing the best they can. Yeah. And one day you will be doing the best you can and yep. you will hope your kids have grace yeah. for you. Yes. Well, just so you know, before we, we want to move on and have you ask us some questions, yeah. but in Erica and I's twenties, it wasn't the inner healings. It was, we know everything. Yeah. So in our twenties, <laughs> we knew everything. Absolutely. I, I do. mean, everything though. I was going to do everything better than my parents did. <laughs> Because I knew. <laughs> yep. And then I had kids and I was like, oh, maybe I don't know things. Weird. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I have certain regrets about the way I treated my parents in my 20s. Mm -hmm. I do. I have things that I think about and um, I can cry a little bit because of the way I acted towards them, mm -hmm. you know. And so I carry that with me and take it to the Lord. But I mean, I'm not... It's not to manipulate you or I'm also not hard on myself. It's just, it is what it is. You know, we, it, it, the knife cuts both ways in a sense. Well, we're so sorry, guys. We need to wrap it up. We just realized we have been chatting for a really long time, which is awesome because they're great to talk to and changing my life as we sit here, ladies. <laughs> um, but we are going to do a follow-up on this. Yeah. And we, they have, well, Chloe has a list of questions, <laughs> let's be honest. But Emma's going to have, have a, one. Yes. And I have a quick wit. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do. Emma, you do. I need to come prepared. She can think of it on the spot. <laughs> yes. No, we'll so, prepare. So next time, we will have the two of them back with a list of questions, and they can interrogate us a little bit, and we can talk together. But this has been yeah. awesome. It really thank has. you guys. Yes, thank you so yeah. much. Thanks for having thank us. you guys. Seriously, I still love you, Chloe. I still love you, Mom. Okay. I'm so happy. That's beautiful. <laughs> thank we you for it. listening. We'll see you next week. Oh, wait, in two weeks. Two weeks. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast, and if you like the show, be sure to leave us a review. Connect with us on Instagram at authenticyou.ay. We would love to hear from you.